slash and cast. Fiends who handle Whiskey presented by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Our show discusses horror movies and the phobias they emphasize. And we are in the middle of March uh, with our Zoophobia Deep Dive, which is the fear of animals. Uh, and, you know, we have gone from cocaine bears to uh, cats that only come out, uh, you know, during Bang sex, really. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and tonight we are finding friends in the loneliest of the, lo- the most lonely of places in the basement because <laughs> uh, we're gonna be friend a bunch of rats for revenge in Willard, which was released in two thousand and three. That's right, we're talking the remake of Willard, not the nineteen seventy one version, uh, which maybe so some of us watched. Uh, headed into this, I know I didn't, <laughs> but I did. Holly, Holly was on it, yeah. so I'm curious I, to see. I didn't make it through Ben though. <laughs> I, <got a> little <laughs> I was like, "That's that's enough rats for one day." <laughs> this kind of the same fucking movie, but it is yeah, cool. Ben Ben being the the sequel to yes. the original, which came out in 1972. Um, but the one we're talking about tonight technically wasn't even billed as a remake, despite the fact that, you know, it's still uh, using a lot of similar themes uh, from the original. Uh, but, you know, they definitely went in the uh, more leaning in into, like, the suspense uh, with Willard. Now, I will say this. At, at the end of the day, um, I don't really know how well Willard works as like a horror movie (laughs) because there's definitely elements of this that should have been a lot scarier Mm -hmm. that really just weren't but it's still a very interesting like character study especially with Crispin Glover's character uh, which we'll get into Uh, but I don't know like this was the first time I'd seen it since it came out so it had been a while since I've uh, actually like been able and to you would have sit been down like 12. and watch the movie. <laughs> uh, no, I would have been older than that. Mm. <laughs> Since I was born in 87. Oh, I forget. Sorry. I'm like, I'm like 10 years younger than me. <laughs> Only slightly. Well, but I, I, I think I rented this from Blockbuster. Oh. I didn't see it in the theater, but I think I rented it back when it came out and then re- forgot all about it. <laughs> forgot basically. all about it. I uh, actually, so we watched this movie what, last week, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, John came over and we hung out and watched the movie. And um, I, I started telling him like how when I was in my late teens, I had this huge crush on Crispin Glover and I collected a lot of Crispin Glover paraphernalia. And it did get weird. <laughs> From eBay. Maybe. From eBay. <laughs> a lot of student loan money went to eBay to buy Chris Fengler paraphernalia, including like mm-hmm. some of his books, some magazines with interviews. 
Yeah, full on creep show over here. Did you ever do that with any other celebrity? Just Crispin Glover. Just Crispin Glover. <laughs> I got a little obsessed with Eric Balfour, but I just watched his movies and they're not good. Wait, who's he <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> in, uh, he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer for like the first four or five episodes. He was Jesse the friend who gets killed. He's Xander's friend. And then um, he was in the TV show called Haven on Sci-Fi. I recognize his name, but I mm-hmm. didn't watch those shows. So, he um let's movies. he did a really shitty movie called uh, Little Red Riding Hood or Red Riding Hood. It was, was that the horror one? It's or? a horror one and he actually wasn't that he wasn't bad in the movie, but everybody else sucked. Mm-hmm. And all the CGI was terrible. Oh, okay. He was in a movie called um Shoot, uh, the one about the out, outdoor or something like with the with the couple that gets mauled by a bear and a, on a mountain. Cocaine bear. No, I wish. <laughs> it was, and he wasn't the main character. He was a creepy, uh, like tour guide. Oh wait, you mean the movie about that was about the real life guy that got eaten by the bear? That was real. Yeah, oh, yeah. and his girlfriend. Yeah, backwoods. Yeah. Backwoods. Well, anyways, get a thing for Christmas. Uh, Christmas and it was hilarious <laughs> because the what you brought up was the fact that like he plays a nerd in all of his movies, mm. but he's actually a very handsome man, which as it in turns out is the equation to make quirky girls get, you know, fall mm. for a dude is be very, very handsome and then pretend to be not pretend, just be very awkward and nerdy and boom. Yeah, he's like a secret. You got a peeping town. What? He he's like the secret uh, or like a sleeper, uh, like handsome man. Like a sleeper is like not obvious. Mm-hmm. Like a sleeper car is like a hot rod that looks like a regular car. Yeah. But like they always make it. He acts weird and mm-hmm. he dresses kind of weird. And so, but whenever you see him, I was saying whenever you see him though on like the Hollywood red carpet, he's really dapper and he's in his suits and looks yeah. like a, looks like a Hollywood star. Right, and then he does like high pitched screaming a lot, so that really <laughs> makes people feel very like that, that makes it's very jarring. It was hilarious. Mm. Uh, I hung out with some friends over the weekend too. <laughs> Look at me bragging about all my friends, but uh, um, uh, <laughs> it was dusty. And we were like, "Oh yeah, what, what's the movie you guys were reviewing next week?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, we watched Willard." And he was like, "Is that with that dude, Crispin Glover?" I'm like, "Yeah." And he's like, "What's that dude's deal?" <laughs> And I was about to go into a tirade, and then I was like, you know what? I don't know. That's none of my business. Not anymore. He has a really interesting career. A yeah. weird, he has a strange career where, you know, Back to the Future is probably the first mm-hmm. thing I Torture ever fly. knew mm-hmm. of him was that. River's movie. Edge. He did really well in that River's one. River's Edge, which is cool. And then, of course, he got famous from that um, scandal that he had with the David Letterman mm-hmm. show, where he was promoting Reuben and Ed, the independent movie. And things got out of hand because he was in character. You know, it's funny because, well, and just to, do you know about this? Are you aware of this event? No. Where he went on the David Letterman show and he was in character for Mm -hmm. a movie and he was acting in costume and weird. Yeah. And he, uh, it talked about how he could kick. Yeah. And he did a kick at (laughs) And he did a kick towards his. And he, it didn't look that close, but David Letterman really freaked out and got really upset. And, you know, the dude was banned. And basically they went to commercial. And then when they came back, he was gone. 
Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they quickly cut away and then they escorted him off. But he's been in so hmm. much shit, I mean. What's that? Nah, that's that's interesting because you don't really see a ton of like in character interviews. You should look, you should look this one up on YouTube. It's all over the place. It's a, a Ruben and Ed or just Crispin Glover, David Letterman show. Mm-hmm. And then, I think it was in the eighties. No, it was in the nineties. It would have been nineties, yeah. Uh, if if that, it might have even been later. But no, nineties. Let's go with that. But it was you know it's it reminds me of. Uh, how he because he was ahead of his time really because yeah for sure what's his name did the same thing and people didn't freak out as much but uh you know the dude uh phoenix not river phoenix joaquin, joaquin phoenix joaquin. remember when he did his whole crazy thing no i missed that like, what did he do he like grew a beard out and started acting really crazy oh yeah i do remember that and was dating like a 19 year old dj and shit mm-hmm. and it, it, he was like oh i was doing like a it was like a like in character like thing like he was he claimed to be doing kind of a similar Mm. But it didn't destroy his career the way that this event seems think to it, destroy. I'm not sure career. that it destroyed his career because he's. I feel like yeah, he was always doing quirky things, and I feel like he's so out of the mainstream in terms of, mm-hmm. uh, like the the uh, his niche that he was never going to be like you know, getting Oscars and shit. Although oh. I think he's a good actor, but I just don't think that he does stuff that are mainstream enough to get him. Right. Yeah. That he kind of recognition. To yeah. Kind of. When he had a big boost Eclectic. in his career later, anyways, to mm-hmm. like uh, Charlie's Angels was That's a big right. hit, yeah. and people liked him from that. And this movie, he really, I commented a few times while watching Willard how much he looks exactly like the character from the Charlie's Angels. Because he's in a black movie. suit and his hair is all slick back, which is what mm. he does on a lot of his movies. <laughs> Oh, and we also can't forget Friday the 13th. That's right, he does a funky dance from Friday the 13th. He's awesome. <laughs> and he has a cool freak out in that, too. Yeah. He always does a little freak out. Did he do a freak out? Oh, movie? he did plenty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember he just, when he's yelling at the boss? Oh, yeah. When he's yelling at the guy who's telling him that he's losing his house? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he definitely pulls a, a lot of high-pitched high screaming. So... She called him a Nepo baby because his dad's an actor as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what was he in? Do you remember that? Yeah, exactly. we couldn't remember who his dad was. <laughs> that guy's barely a Nepo baby. I know. Like, <laughs> he doesn't really count. He And he made his own career, he made for his sure. Own career. But, you know, it's also knowing the right people, knowing where to go, where to study, where to... Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's a Nepo baby. I think if you... Nepo. And if, if no one knows that you have a famous parent, then it doesn't really help you. You know, That's it's like true. Nicolas Cage, how he changed... His name, because he's a Coppola. He's Francis Ford Coppola's kid. He changed his name to Cage so that he wouldn't be, uh, and also... I famous. didn't know that. You didn't know that? I didn't know that. Nicholas Cage is a Coppola. Coppola. He's yeah. Francis Ford Coppola's son. And also, what about uh, Emilio Estevez? That one I didn't know. Charlie Sheen. But also to change his name so that people would like let him have his own career. Which turned out so nicely. Mm-hmm. For a while. <laughs> For a while. <laughs> <laughs> Garbage Men was a classic movie. Men at Work or... or was it Men at Work? I, I think so, right? Like... The one with his brother? I want to rewatch that now. Let's I watch it. That. Wait, no, no, no. We're talking Willard. Charlie should be Yeah, okay, anyways. Willard. So Willard. <laughs> Which starts out... I don't want to jump... Uh, I mean, I'm kind of jumping to the beginning. 
but I don't want to cut because I know T oh, tends to introduce the movies, but I just wanted to quickly mention opening credits, uh, the very uh, like Tim Burton Tim Burton esque intro mm -hmm. with the opening credits and the music being very uh, Danny Elfman. Like, Danny Elfman. So and of course those aren't the uh, the uh, the people responsible for the. For no, that. they're not. And it, we I don't know, we had a, a discussion of, about what that can do to a movie to try to. Um, I mean, it's 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 tough to say try to like you know rip off somebody's style, mm -hmm. but those are such distinctive things that I thought that maybe they should be called out a little bit. Especially at that time, two thousand three, mm -hmm. that was kind of the height of mm -hmm. him. You know, I don't know when like the Nightmare Before Christmas came out, but it was around that time ish, truth early two thousands. I mean, he, Tim Burton and uh, and Danny Elfman were. Already working together, Pretty making a name, making a time, yeah. creating an aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And did you just check? Did you just check it out? <laughs> I was. I bet it was. Well, I mean, I know it came out when I was really young. It's ninety three. Oh wow! Holy crap! I think of that as a, a later movie. I didn't realize it was that. It's because very ahead of its time, I guess. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm -hmm. But uh, and also, I was thinking it had a very Sam Raimi feel. Oh. kind of introduced a little bit mm -hmm. but I, I thought the movie did a lot of things really well but there was there was something missing about it and it, I mean we talked also about how it was considered a box office flop mm. so it cost 22 million to make and it only made 8.5 million that's so that's uh, that's that's pretty bad that's that's a, you know that's that's really tough and they don't even count marketing in that they don't. Did you? For some weird was it very well marketed? marketed or? I remember it being a thing for sure because, uh, what's his name? The actor, um, Crispin Glover, the guy we've been literally talking about. Yeah, like Crispin Glover. He was at kind of a peak of popularity. He was the star of the movie. Yeah, and uh, and it was a bigger budget movie, and I do definitely remember seeing ads, and they were kind of making a big deal about it when it came out. And it did, I think they were trying to push that kind of Tim Burton angle where, as you said, T, like, this doesn't so much work as a horror movie. And I think they, it, it, I remember the marketing kind of pushing it as like a sort of weird, whimsical, like dark kind of fairy tale type of movie. Hmm. Which I don't know if dark fairy tales are, well, maybe it could fit into that. It could have been. I don't think it was, but it could have been. Did we watch <laughs> The original Willard first or afterwards? Did I think watch first. After first. Or was it after? I can't remember. But, I mean, they, they pulled so many elements from the original. Like, Little Homage, mm -hmm. which I think was pretty great. So, the same actor who played Willard in the 71 version, he was, uh, he wasn't in the movie, but uh, his likeness, is, his picture was up on the wall, and he's, and he's Crispin Glover's Willard's dad. Mm -hmm. And which... so, I thought that was really cool. Like, oh, hey, you know, I forgot his name, so. And as you were also saying to in the intro, it's not technically a remake. It's a, yeah. uh, it is, I guess, meant to be a sequel because they, it does acknowledge. <laughs> I that don't know if a sequel, because it's, it's the same. It's a remake. I mean, I don't know why it wouldn't be considered a remake. It's, you know, it's, it's the, it is a remake. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's the same story overall, for sure. Especially. Of course, Alan Wood likes to call them reimagining. Yeah. Re yeah. Oh, yeah, let's go with that. Reboot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is because they do 
make it more Hollywood for sure. Oh yeah, they give it. I mean, looking at the original. Well, first off, the one thing that really was impactful to me was that in the in the two thousand and three version, yes, they, it gets like the Tim Burton sort of treatment aesthetic wise, where you're looking at a very old, beautiful mansion that's mm -hmm. creaking and, and it's got like. I don't know. It seems like it's in a remote space. But then when you watch the original, like, there's a busy intersection just on the corner next to the house. Like, like an office building. Yeah. There's, it doesn't look bad. It, like, it looks like a healthy house. It doesn't look like an old, decrepit, you know, the people mm -hmm. inside are broken kind of house. And then, of course, the approach to the mother was hugely different. So mm -hmm. I know you want to talk about this because that's your favorite actress. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the original... Uh... The mom is played by Elsa Lanchester, who played uh, the Bride of Frankenstein in the original Bride of Frankenstein movie. Yeah. Which we didn't, I didn't realize. It was a crazy coincidence because I was, like, a day or two before we watched the original Willard, uh, I was looking, for some reason, Bride of Frankenstein came up with something I was looking mm -hmm. at. And so I looked at pictures. I Googled pictures of her, uh, of Elsa Lanchester, not uh, Brian Frankenstein. And then her old pictures, pictures of her and, older. And, her older yeah. and I had no like, clue. I, yeah, I was like, holy crap, I can't I know that woman. Because <laughs> she's in a ton of stuff when yeah. she's older. Uh, we even <laughs> mentioned in a previous episode, Murder by Death. Mm -hmm. We were talking about That's the such a great movie. Uh, and she's in that movie. She's one of the main characters. But uh, she plays the mom in this. And she's much more normal. In, right. well, there's sorry, a, there's a little bit of a, like a, a weird, you know, edible thing going. Oh, well, not mm -hmm. really. It goes the other way. Where like she's just a little on the clingy side and just a little inappropriate with her son. But she's still, like, they still have a, a what I would consider a good relationship. Well, no, let me rephrase that. A positive relationship? <laughs> I don't know if good's the right word. Uh, so, yeah. But in the, in, the 2000, in the 2003, like, uh, she's portrayed as grotesque, and it's a lot more of a, you know, a grading, you know, experience or a grading mm -hmm. part of Willard's life. And, and she's always talking shit to him and calling him Clark mm -hmm. and being <laughs> a bitch. Awesome. Was... She's very, she's very decrepit, decrepit, de uh, decrepit. much like the mansion that yes. you know they're they're living in. Mm -hmm. Very rundown, but you know she's kind of on uh, her 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 last wheel, so to speak, <laughs> which is one of the big points of the story. Because uh, basically, uh, Willard's dad owns the company. Uh, used to own a company that he currently works for. And, you know, he's taking all this time off of work, which is getting him into shit with this boss who's played by Arlie Enemy, who's fantastic yeah. in this movie. Definitely my favorite uh -huh. uh, sequences in the movie. Uh, but yeah, a lot of this movie is just spent on bullying and belittling Willard's character uh, to the point where, you know, his, his mom's asking him to get rid of the rats in the attic. Uh, and, you know, eventually, you know, he does befriend some of the rats. And, you know... The, the sequence when Willard is uh, trying to get back at his boss, specifically the, the garage mm -hmm. scene when he's going after the the new car and like slashing the tires or whatever, like that scene in particular, you know, I, I remember, you know, Ben coming out of the, the bag, even though like he told him to stay behind, but you know, Ben's little shit, he just does whatever he wants. He goes into business for himself. 
on more than one occasion in this movie. But he's like, <laughs> I was laughing so hard when he's like, you're not going to fit. And Ben's just like, well, yeah, watch but this. The other and just choose a bigger oh, hole. Yeah. <laughs> in and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're fat shaming the rats know, now? Like, what the hell's going things. on? <laughs> so what the deal? What the fuck, man? Poor Ben. He just wants a fucking friend. He just wants to sleep on the fucking bed. That's not, that's not a crime. <laughs> yeah, it's it like, sure... Ben, you can't... But you can't go. There's not going to be enough room for everyone. Dick! What a fucking dick! And it's like, just like, let him be on the bed. I mean, we call him Ben, but we know that's a wombat. <laughs> that was the biggest rat I've ever seen. So no, that was awesome when uh, he said he wouldn't fit, and then like five rats have to leave, leave the yeah. bag so that Ben can get. <laughs> Like and to be honest, Ben alone could have done the whole car job. He didn't need so many fucking I rats. know, seriously. That's the thing, Ben. Okay, it's never clear in either movie why there's, why there's so much friction between yeah. Ben and Willard and, they're so fun. Uh, and Socrates. Who really, Socrates is kind of a non-character in both movies, too. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be like his light side and his dark side mm-hmm. and whatever. But, uh, oh, and somebody in another review pointed this out. So Socrates says the word rat right in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't, nice. I was I didn't like, oh, my that. God, that's ridiculous. I just, because we, we noticed in the credits uh, of the first one that they credit a book, that it's based on a book. Right, the Rat Catcher's yeah. Diary or something mm-hmm. like that. So I said. Uh, Ratman's nope. yeah. close enough, T. <laughs> hey, see, hey, this is what this is the original uh, rock. Yeah. <laughs> Similar to Magic, <laughs> I suspect that the book version probably it does a lot better job of giving you like the rat's perspective mm-hmm. and probably more in depth the relationship between Willard and the rats. Yes, which neither movie. <laughs> Does a great job. With. I don't know when they just put that fucking camera on Ben, and it's just the Ben show. You see his beady little eyes going like this. Ben is way <laughs> too cute in this movie. He's I was so commenting. fucking cute. He's not scary or sinister looking at all. And he looks really cute and adorable. And I would say his responses have been measured. You know, mm-hmm. like he... he—he's only—he's only more menacing whenever he has the high ground. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> The one thing they did in the original that they didn't do in this one is mm-hmm. that the uh, the Ben in the original movie, he would squint his eyes, mm-hmm. and he looked kind of sinister. He would squint at Willard, like, give him a mean look. Yeah. The Wombat just kind of had, like, close, small <laughs> eyes anyway. He didn't have bulgy eyes. So he yeah. kind of looked like he was doing that all the time. Like, half asleep. So, yeah, when we were watching, we were, like, trying to... We were like, this is not a rat. This it's a rat. This is like it's a not a normal rat. It's a wombat. It's <laughs> some kind of like Australian, like marsupial. <laughs> John's convinced it's a marsupial, but I, uh, I, I read online that it's like it is a rat, but it is yeah, a different same. species. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a big species of rat. So. It's a distinct cousin. I also, I, ch- I checked too. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. And then uh, John was telling me that capybaras are rodents. They're ROSs. Yeah. That's fucking insane. They're the biggest rodents. That's nuts. They're really cool. But yeah, no, I did a little looking because I wanted to see that too. Like what What kind of animals? Uh, and when I looked at IMDb, it said in the trivia section that people think Ben's not a rat. Mm-hmm. But 
he really is. But uh, he's a Gambian pouch rat ah, from Africa. Does that mean he has a pouch or the females do or some shit? No, he has uh, mouth pouches like uh, like a chipmunk. Ooh. So they, uh, they, they, when they get they food, they just out. like stuff it into their cheeks, basically. That's adorable. And... They have such a good sense of smell mm -hmm. that they're used to sniff out landmines. <gasps> they, they do landmine removal, <laughs> and they can also sniff out uh, tuberculosis what? in people. And uh, and there's like a whole like society. There's like the Gambian Rat Society wow. where they like people who keep them as pets. Yeah. And there's a bunch of pictures of them like on those little harness leashes. Like, oh, people walk that's adorable! Like ferrets. And they're huge. There was, yeah. There's pictures of them where they're like, you know, people have them on their arm and they're like taking up their whole arm, you know. That's amazing. But they I sound they, incredible. They're really cute. In yeah, the, they're super online cute. Pictures of them too. Even and, in Willard, he was super cute. And he had that kind of chunky, like he would waddle when he baby. walked and everything. <laughs> when uh, Will, when Willard would pick him up by his tail, oh, and he would, like, he'd he'd he'd, like out. stick his legs. Out. <laughs> But, yeah, so, so I was feeling for Ben as well. I was like, no, let him on the bed. And even Socrates is really cute. Like, yeah, I mean, he's probably too. supposed to be, but yeah. they're all well groomed. There's, I mean, one of the things we were kind of talking about with this movie is that, you know, maybe if you grew up in a situation where you had rats in a, you had a bad association with rats. Mm -hmm. uh, you would be more kind of grossed out or freaked out. You did? Well, um, my mom hates mm -hmm. mice. And it was, uh, we kind of lived on the outskirts of town when I was growing up. Near, like, you know, no, 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 no buildings. Mm -hmm. And so, like, we would get, you know, wildlife in the house a lot. Mm -hmm. And so it was her fucking mission. And she could smell mice, too. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, just traps. And, yeah, it was a big deal. We had possums and raccoons who were like the Those main are big traps there. Yeah. <laughs> but but I was just saying like this movie, it's kinda not the way that it's done, both the seventies and the two thousand three one, it's not real I don't know, it's not scary or gross or mm -hmm. freaky the way that the rats are depicted. It's just kinda like Okay, I mean, they once kinda, later when you see tons of them, it's like, oh, yeah, they amped it up for in the new version for sure. I think in the older version, it was the amount of rats seemed a little bit more tame, but in the two thousand and three with CGI stuff, like mm -hmm. it was a lot more intense, like the elevator, show. right? Like without <laughs> jump, out. I mean, we jump jumping ahead a little bit. It, that was a very CGI shot, but I still thought it looked pretty good. Mm -hmm. So, and of, of course, that was what was shown in all the promos. Mm -hmm. I remember that. And I remember thinking, like, oh, my God. And then you watch it, it's just, like, more fucking insane. Mm -hmm. And, like, okay, in the original, so when he goes to ruin his boss's day or night, mm -hmm. uh, in the original, it's a, a garden party mm -hmm. that he has all of his rats descend on, and that's amazing, you yeah. know? And, like, in the, in the new one, it's just fucking with the dude's car, and it doesn't seem as, as like, intense or as good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it I It was agree. a choice. It's like, um, if you're going to, you know, in a movie about a person who creates an army of rats that they train you to see do that their goddamn army it should be yeah like that's him putting his army of rats to use okay. basically with the tire thing as you said 
uh, Ben could have just done that himself. He could have gone in there himself and popped the tires. He was definitely capable. Uh, he didn't really need the army to do that. <laughs> the wombat. He's like a kangaroo. I know. He's so beefy. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, you don't really need yeah, a little bit of a... And I gotta say, too, the first 15 minutes or 10 minutes of the movie, there's just a lot of, like nothing in terms of mm. the characters kind of walking around doing stuff there's no music playing there's no dialogue you were you got angry i think at one point like you raised your voice at the tv and i was like john make it easy <laughs> I, yeah no i i had to call it out because it was, was like, like there's nothing happening I was like, there's literally nothing happening in terms of <laughs> we're looking at crispin okay <laughs> you know one of the things because like I'm not hugely into uh, writing. In fact, I'm not. I don't do any writing really at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have watched like journaling. I, well, I like kind of the. His writing is uh, ranting on the internet. <laughs> exactly. I, I keep my writing to, to starting fights with twelve girls on comments, the internet. Only, to YouTube comments about uh, no, anyways. But uh, <laughs> but there's a thing in like. Uh, movie or i'm sure this is in storytelling in general but in movies where like the you're always supposed to be kind of propelling the plot and the story forward and this movie for the first 10 minutes or so was just doing nothing it was painting (laughs) a picture of his miserable life yeah you're like yeah, you know, he, he had so much going on. Like, he had to determine, like, what sort of rat trap he wanted oh, to yeah. buy. And there's, you know, three options. And the one that he was looking for, they were completely sold out of. So he was having to improvise. We had to get the scene of him walking into the <laughs> attic or the basement and sort of looking around for a while. And then he sees mm-hmm. one of, I think he sees Socrates, maybe. And in the original, that's a little better, too. Yeah. When, uh, when Willard finds the rats in the original. They're outside, aren't they? And they're outside in the go. garden, and there's kind of a pond. Mm-hmm. And he traps the rats on in the middle of the pond, and he's going to drown them. But then he thinks But then he, he decides to rescue them, and he gives them a ramp, and they yeah. run up the That's road. a little bit more action than just, like, looking and then mm-hmm. walking away. Yeah, yeah, in the 2003, he just kind of finds them in the basement, right? So already, you know, to have those kind of slow, that slow intro really losing a couple of viewers at that, mm-hmm. or like, the interest at least in making John angry. That's not a, that's not a good movie movie. <laughs> well, it, it does pick up as it gets mm-hmm. going, but for sure it gets off to, I think, a kind of clunky start at, in that first show. I felt like I, I had to apologize for the movie a lot when I was watching it with John. <laughs> like the other part, like the thing is like, I like it, I thought, I'm not like the biggest fan, but I was like, and like the, in the original too, there's a romance between a, a, a and uh, an inkling of a romance, right, mm-hmm. between one of the office uh, uh, girls and and Willard, mm-hmm. and then in the new one, it's not a romance; it's more of a friendship, and maybe this girl feels for him, mm-hmm. and it's played by Elena. I forget the rest of her name. She was in Mulholland Drive, mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, Elena Harren. Oh my gosh, she's gorgeous. Her hair. And so. Uh, you know, John was saying, like, this romance isn't believable. I'm like, I don't think they're going for a romance. I think they're just going for, here's a woman who's sort of taking a little bit of pity on this guy who is having such a hard time in his life. You know, I think we did watch the original first mm-hmm. because 
I I thought it because I think I thought that because of the original. It's a little more of a more romance. pronounced, more pronounced um, love interest. Mm-hmm. Willard is much more of a regular person in the original. Yeah, absolutely. He's kind of dorky and he's kind of not like socially, a, a little socially awkward, but mm-hmm. not that much. But he's not. It's, he's not as overtly weird as uh, Crispin Glover's right. version of the character. They go through some interesting sort of approaches in the original. So in the original, I also noticed that not only does his mom have this weird, like, semi-romantic approach to him a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's very light, right? But also, like, his mom's friend, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. His mom's friend in the the original. Right. Like, the mom has all these friends that kind of look at her, looking in on her. They're also very, like, sort of that grotesque kind of 70s thing going on. This is a dated concept, mm-hmm. uh, but um, I think in the original, it's meant to be that he's kind of like the henpecked kid, where his whole life is like his mom and his mom's female friends, mm-hmm. and so he doesn't have that male influence that makes him like a tough guy, and oh. so it's like, you know what I'm talking This is like an old, dated... Henpecked. I've never heard that. You've never heard that? Uh-uh. That's... It's like a derogatory term. Oh, clearly. <laughs> where you spend too much time around, like a man who's too, around women too much, that mm-hmm. he's been like negatively influenced. It's a he's been worn down that. and he doesn't stand up for himself and he just allows all these people mm-hmm. to sort of like do and say whatever. He they allows want. all these women, women. to dominate oh, him and his life. I bet you can bring that term back these days. Handpecked. I know. Where? That's like you're <laughs> cut. Like yeah. you're cut. You're handpacked. <laughs> Hashtag, it's going to go crazy. Wildfire. I'm, I'm starting my all right YouTube channel. <laughs> I'm going to base my whole shtick on that. Uh, Tell everybody you're joking, please. No. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, there's, a, there's an Andrew Tate shaped hole <laughs> in the internet. <laughs> so I'm the <laughs> I really hope this shit doesn't come back to bite you in the butt. There's a video of you, John, saying that you're going to be I'm moving to Romania. <laughs> yeah. Start a successful trafficking business. <laughs> oh my god. But no, so. Anyway, back to the But in 2003, <laughs> his mother, it, it feels much more like Psycho. Yeah, absolutely. In, in the 2000s, mm-hmm. the relationship between the mom and the so yet another reference, right? Heavy mm-hmm. reference in the movie, and it felt like they were leaning into that a lot. Where because mm-hmm. in the original, the, as you were saying, the relationship between the mom and Willard isn't so bad, but in this one, it's yeah, awful. I think my favorite scene and favorite line was uh, when she says uh, she wants to call him Clark. Willard is likes, such a weak name. Yeah, Willard's mom? a weak name. I guess the dad named him because, uh, or maybe she just forgot she named him Willard. But, uh, but that she's going to call him Clark, and then she does call him Clark again later. What's really weird is that the whole henpecking thing. I get it, and it, in the in character wise, it kind of makes a little bit of sense. But it doesn't make a lot of sense when you uh, look at the fact that his diet his. If we just assume, you know, it's two thousand and three. In the mm-hmm. movie, right? Right, right. And, uh, which is a long time ago. Right. That's but, 20 years ago. Yes. Which is crazy. But, yeah, so, <laughs> but that's my, my point being that when we see when his dad died, his dad died in 95 per all of the props in the movie. 
So, yeah, that's only eight years. That's a whole lot of psychological damage to happen in just fucking eight years. When he, Crispin Glover at the time was like 38. So he would have been 30 when his dad passed. Already pretty grown. So I feel like it's not enough time to get henpecked. And it's not early enough in his head. Maybe he was meant to be younger, like in his 20s or late 20s, maybe. Yes, they they definitely don't specify or make it clear. No, that was just how old he was when the movie came out. And to go along with that theme, I think also the... It's almost like um, Edgar Allan Poe, a little bit of like House, Fall of the House of Usher, a little mm-hmm. bit, where the father, in both movies, the father was kind of like an industrialist who ran this corporation. Yeah. And, uh, and now that the father's dead, Willard, who should have taken over his role, doesn't. Does it didn't have the, the skill set or the, the, uh, the acumen mm-hmm, to do for it. it. So there was no way that it could be held by his family. Right. See, that's, so... yeah, I thought that was an interesting part where, uh, and we, we kind of had this conversation too, where it's like, well, I don't think Willard would do well running this company. <laughs> like, I think if we just run it into the <laughs> ground, am I right? He definitely could. That's the weird thing. I mean, he definitely is not. I mean, it was definitely stolen from his family because he should have gotten like, bought out. Right, but that would have been the the best right. outcome for everybody was if he'd gotten bought out. It seemed like in the two thousand three, they were making it seem like Lee Ermy did some illegal stuff, right? Some shifty lawyering mm-hmm. to to because uh, he even admits it later in the movie that he they'll mm, tie you up in the courts. Yeah, blah blah blah. Yeah, even though it's like a pretty much close cut, you know, case mm-hmm. in this case. But he wouldn't have the funds to actually go through with it. He, yeah, he said, I would just tie you up in the courts. And I thought, because I thought for sure that he, I was like, wait, this could actually work for Willard. Because mm-hmm. Ermy, Lee Ermy says, yeah, I took over the company illegally, mm-hmm. but I have better lawyers than you. And you don't have enough money to, to sustain a court case. Mm-hmm. So you would just lose no matter what, even though what I did was clearly illegal. And so I was thinking, well, no, if Willard kills him using the rats Mm -hmm. and has, you know, is able to kind of get away with it, then he could take the company back over since it was illegally taken over. It would be easier to do that without Lee Ermey there, but that never happened. I was kind of hoping it would have a happy ending in a way where, Willard actually got the company back and like was like, I am the king of the rats. I, like, you know. <laughs> we now make rat mm-hmm. food and rat toy accessories. Yeah, the 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 only thing missing was like Big Ben getting caught by the police and them okay. having you know tiny handcuffs. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. And then <laughs> disavowing all knowledge. He's like, I don't know that. I, I don't know that. I've never seen that right in my leg. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the ultimate, uh, the ultimate, um, what do you call it, alibi. You know, if you have, he never has the rats, even in the original, right? Does the, the rats don't literally kill anyone. I guess the. They kill the boss. The boss falls, he pretty much falls to his death because of the rats. I mean, it is the rats, but they don't eat him. I guess it's what I'm trying to remember now in the original. We, well, we love the fact that they threw somebody was throwing rats 
at Boris Organine, whatever. Ernest Borgnine. Oh, yeah, in the original? That was really good. When the rats attack Ernest Borgnine in the somebody... original, somebody off camera Clearly is throwing, throwing rats. Living rats <laughs> at Ernest Borgnine—they're <laughs> bouncing off of his face, his face and his chest and stuff, and they're real rats. Like it's the fucking CGI there is pretty funny. And I was like, "How is that legal?" <laughs> it was only legal. It was the old days. It was like, the old days of, of movie making. Like a lot of things were illegal. You know that little message they put at the end of credits that where it says no animals were harmed. Or we didn't see that message. I bet that message was not on the I, they probably can't make that claim. They were like a few rats may a have gotten killed. A few hundred rats. A couple of rats died. A couple of thousand rats. They're just rats. They're just rats, people. Would you want them in your home? But I'm sure with 2003, I'm sure SPC, I'm sure they didn't harm. That was a lot more CGI. Yeah, they don't do that now. With uh, and they even had in the credits of the 2003 movie, they had they credited the <laughs> animatronic attack rats. Which I was like, which ones were those? <laughs> I'm gonna go back and like point them out because yeah. I mean that's amazing. Yeah, that's good work because that's good I work. thought it, the only shot that looked like CGI was the elevator shot, mm-hmm. and everything yeah. else looked, looked like pretty real natural. Rats. Yeah. yeah. So the animatronic rats were definitely convincing. Maybe Ben had an animatronic version. <laughs> Three feet tall. <laughs> uh, and Ben also had it. I liked Ben's face. Uh, he had like a kind of sloping snout, mm-hmm. the way, different from a traditional rat that looked kind of. It was kind of cool, and he had little rings around his eyes mm-hmm. and the fur. So I mean, like you know, I think the the remake was really trying to make it more of a horror movie for sure. Um, in a big point in that, in, in a big point under that would be that, uh, the mom in the original, like, not disappears, but she passes and her friends take her body away mm-hmm. because people are still coming in and going from the house at that point from, mm-hmm. and has, in, in the old one, in the new one, they're shut-ins, right? So he finds this mom, um, his mom thinks that, uh, that he's going to put her in a home or something because he's telling the rats in the basement that they got to move out because there's too many of them. Mm-hmm. And then she's thinking that he's going to put her somewhere. So she has that really dramatic scene on the stairs mm-hmm. and, you know, spits blood all over him, which was right. Yeah. It's a pretty gross scene. Mm-hmm. He gets her to bed, gets cleaned up, I guess. And then the next morning, I think he finds her downstairs and all the rats are kind of nibbling at her a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then they have that funeral. They have the kind of wake in the house. Yeah. That the I, that was one of the, well, it was a really interesting scene, the wake scene, because it was so jam packed full of stuff, including a lot of snot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You had like a line of snot, <laughs> oh, right? It was so gross. Mm-hmm. Acting. Sorry, I'm still gagging a little from this. Snot does it to me every time. Uh, and then, of course, you get the, the girl from work. Who's you know so pretty and awesome and um you know and when I remember when I watched in two thousand and three like I was just hoping against hope he'd wake up and stop fucking with the rats and start figuring out what's up with this chick but he never really does he never gets like you never get a hint of him actually having any interest in her just actually being polite to her and you know not not even appreciating like the warmth of friendship or whatever that she's offering he she's just like. She's nice and he's nice back, but you never really get to have any moment of like 
him appreciating anything, the fact that she's even there, mm-hmm. which I think would have made the movie a little bit more, you know, heavy on the heart if he had, because then it would have been more of that loss. Mm-hmm. But it's fine if you don't want to explore that little avenue. And it really would have been in, like his only like human connection yeah. too. Yeah, and they don't. He sort of ignores her yeah. throughout the movie, and she kind of appears randomly in the story. And that bitch has nothing else to do. Yeah, she just appears like she just kind of she's like got nothing else going on in her life. She, I can tell you that much. She's doing a Captain Save a Ho. Yeah, she's uh, doing a Captain Save a Ho. <laughs> which that reminds me too. I wanted to bring up. I, I had to do a quick look on Captain Save a Ho. Why? What, where does that come from? <laughs> And found out that it's actually a, a Bay Area rapper. What? E40. Really? <laughs> and he has a song from 1994 called Captain Save a Ho. Do you remember some of the lyrics? Or did you look up some of uh, It goes, It's got a girl who says, I want to be saved. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. All right, yeah, I'm gonna have to, to look that up, and I'll post it in the Discord. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I see. You got the lyrics? <laughs> nah, no, no. Can you put on the song? But that's what she's definitely doing. Oh, for sure, yeah. He's not really reciprocating. Anymore. He's not responding in any way. I mean, mm-hmm. um, let's see. No, absolutely not. Like, he's at, at best just being very polite to her, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, like, he only, like, the way that he appreciates Socrates <laughs> is way more emotional than yeah. how much he appreciates this, uh, you know, grown woman that's uh, attempting a friendship. And there isn't enough about the training of the rats, I feel like, with either movie, because... <laughs> It's like we're reading a newspaper. All right, we figured it out. There's our plan of attack. No, but it's like he, you know, a big kind of thing around this movie is that he wants to train these rats and he's Mm -hmm. trained them to do his bidding, and he's the king of the rats. Mm -hmm. But there isn't quite, you know, it's like I found myself. I don't. I didn't really feel like I got, you know, why. Socrates was the smart one and why he was the favorite and why Ben was the bad one who was kind of the brute force. You know, it's like... Well, I mean, it's obvious he was the brute because he was the biggest one. I think with Socrates, it was more that he was just more the leader, so people mm-hmm. would follow him. Rats. More than anything else. <laughs> sort of like the rats yeah. followed Socrates more than... Uh, Did they? Than... Well, he was, I guess... <laughs> Socrates was like the first one that kind of befriend they befriend. Oh, each other, okay, okay. Well, yeah. that's true. You know, Socrates came first, and he's a cute little rat versus a wombat. Which, yeah, incidentally, yeah. you want, you know which one's going to keep you warmer? <laughs> the wombat. No. So you know, if you're going to make friends with anybody. <laughs> okay. But to John's point, like we really needed like the whiteboard with like the. The map of attack with like the neighborhood and like, all right, this is where the house is. You know, we're gonna go in through the garage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the training montage and then like the plan, like the heist where they do the the yeah the the breakdown of the heist. Good music behind that, sure. Yeah, um, you need a soundtrack for sure. Is that like uh, it, it, Willard with like the pointer pointing to stuff on the board and then cut to the rat like, and the rat going. Like, 
like wiggling his nose. Looking at each other. other. Yeah. Wiggling their nose. (laughs) (laughs) And I I feel like this, you know, not like the greatest movie. It got better as it went, Mm -hmm. you know, but not the greatest movie. But I feel like this premise still has room. Somebody could still make a good movie, a good Willard or, uh, what, what is this movie called again? Willard. Willard. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's called Ben. Is ben, this is the ben is a sequel, yeah. yeah. Um, the next one will yeah, just be exactly. Clark. They, <laughs> we renamed the movie from Willard to Clark. I think more women would want to bang it. <laughs> the marketing team decided. See, I think... I think for the story to work better, like in a grand scheme of things, at least for like a more modern audience, to like more capture the yeah. horror element. Like when we get to the point where, you know, Arlie's basically, you know, firing him. Um, the the best way to like move forward with that, rather than you know, after the whole like, oh yeah, we'll just tie you up in courts and I'll be long gone at that point, is at that point to have the rats like basically scare the boss and have them tied up and to do the the rat bucket oh, yeah. torture. Oh, American psycho to style over the company. Missed opportunity. Him, you know? yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. There's a there, there's a much more blatant horror version of this movie that could be made where the rats eat people. Yeah. There should have been that scene where they swarm over the body of the boss or something like that. Well, <laughs> There or the mother, and then the you just see a skeleton. Like a skeleton, <laughs> skeleton left. I was yeah, that would have been pretty cool. <laughs> I was actually really. Uh, there's a one scene that was in the new Willard that wasn't in the old, and it was. I thought it was so devastating. I was pretty. Uh, I I was I was triggered. <laughs> it was it was rough, you know, with the kitty cat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in the original, yeah. um, his uh, work wife is trying to give him a, a ginger cat. And um, he ends up giving it back to her. Or no, no, no. He ends up giving it to a, um, a garage attendant. Remember? Yeah, he just, like, give, he hands it, he off, hands to it off to somebody else. else. In the new one, um, she meets him at his house and gives him the cat then. And he puts the cat inside the house while he's still talking to her. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the cat uh, accidentally turns on the TV so that Michael Jackson doing Ben, which was the, uh, the song that was made for the sequel from the 70s, Ben. Which was a big hit song. Yeah, and and it's it's a really pretty song, but it's also a really like touching song where it's it's like it's got a lot of like I don't know minor keys and it makes you sad. Mm-hmm. And then basically you follow the path of this cat getting chased down from space to space by the horde of rats, which included the rats eating the legs off of a like um, a display case that the cat was on top of. So oh, yeah, yeah. So it would fall. Yes. Yeah, and then the cat goes into the attic, I'm sorry, into the basement to try to get away, and he's sort of running along, you know, a certain pathway high uh, above the rats, Mm -hmm. and he sees this hole where a lot of the rats live, and he doesn't know that a bunch of the rats live there, Mm -hmm. and the whole time, he's looking at this hole, he's looking at the rats, and he's he's maneuvering, and and you just see his options kind of, like, you know, shutting down up one after another in terms of, like, a getaway, Mm -hmm. and my stomach was sinking, I was so fucking sad, and then he gets into that hole, and who's behind the hole? Fucking wombat. Yeah, yeah. And then he falls to his death in a pool of rats that devour him. 
Yeah, no, it was messed up because uh, the, right. the cat didn't do anything. No, he was a good cat. And they just went he was super him. expressive, too. I was thinking if at least if they'd shown, like, do a thing where, like, there's no rats around and then the cat finds one of the rats and kills, kills it. Yeah, and give, then give the me other a reasonable ones answer. come out and get revenge, then sure, you know. But not a one, man. But they just, uh, yeah, you they feel bad for the cat. because I felt so bad. Him. I felt so bad. And they just drop him off in the house and he's just kind of looking around and then all the rats are there and he's like, oh, fuck. And that fucking song <laughs> is, like, playing? Oh. It was, I was devastated. It was so sad. Like, I was, yeah. I felt sick to my stomach for like easily two minutes. <laughs> it was mean. It was. So it was mean, pointless. Man. But no, <laughs> it was yeah, so yeah. cruel. That poor <laughs> kitty cat. <sighs> but anyways, that was the most emotive like scene I think of the movie for me. <laughs> Look, when he found like the the rats eating his mama, I was like, dude, she's dead. She doesn't she's care. Dead. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, let her eat him. Whatever. That's like those stories or you hear, you know, like yeah. where like the old lady dies and then like the cat. Of so course they are. Like, They're starving, you know. <laughs> or the dogs, like yeah, the well, sharpies, yeah, sure. eat the old lady. Uh, Even at the beginning, where that little pomeranian is uh, is barking at him and he oh, puts yeah. him in the in the in the suitcase with the rats. <laughs> I didn't even feel that bad for the little pomeranian because he was being very annoying. Yeah, yeah. But then that kitty cat. Oh man. But he let the pomeranian. Yeah, he thought better of it. But I thought the pub, I thought the rats were eating the dog because when he put him in the bag, <laughs> you saw the thing where like the bag was sort of moving. Yeah, along. which is the indicator that oh something's mm-hmm. going down. Mm-hmm. But he's okay. But don't you agree that the, the cat thing was devastating? No. Yeah. Yeah, especially when they were attacking the furniture. Yeah. To get yeah. to the cat. Yeah, sinking feeling in my stomach. It was so sad. The- All right, let's move on. <laughs> so then, so the boss, yeah, he gets killed. Um, he gets well, uh, let's wait, wait, hold on a second. So mom died. Well, I will say something. Something we didn't mention was at one point, uh, you know, after the mom dies, uh, Willard actually like finds this envelope mm-hmm. uh, in like the coroner's office, basically talking about the effects that were found on his, uh, <clears throat> like, on Alfred's body. And, you know, he attempts to commit suicide with a knife. Right, which... With the blood... With the blood and, uh, you know, Socrates actually stops it. Which, that, so they mm-hmm. showed that pocket knife mm-hmm. in the opening credits of the movie. Oh, that's right, yeah. And then mm-hmm. they make a big deal about it in the when he finds the effects and then he attempts... It felt, I mean... It, it was a big setup thing, for not a lot of payoff. Yeah, it yeah. felt like it was being set up for more than what happened in the movie with mm-hmm. it. Because it really felt like it was meant to be like a central thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of like, oh, I guess the father committed suicide with that. And knife nobody and cleaned that. the knife. Yeah, no Jesus one... Christ. But I guess that's how things go, right? <laughs> in my head when I was a kid, I always thought like, oh, somebody will come take care of these things. But no, nobody comes to claim. You just got to deal with the with the fluids yourself. Those crime scene cleaners mm-hmm. that come in. But I think that's just um, way after, like, if there's no survivors or some shit. If or there's they, nobody there res- that can take care of it, like a loved one that's yeah, grieving. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Like at the hotel <laughs> where they have to like, cut the section of carpet out of the oh hotel. Oh my God. Room. Yeah. Dude, that's like when you stay in a hotel room, it's like, how many people have been murdered in this hotel room? At least a handful for sure. <laughs> I guess it just depends on where. <clears throat> Check for the get the black light. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna sleep a lot better if you don't do that. 
All right, so we, yeah, so there's a scene where he attempts suicide and Socrates stops him. Oh, does he? Yeah, well, he puts the knife right down into mm-hmm. his wrist and then Socrates comes down off his oh, shoulder yeah, and, yeah. and just, you know, mm-hmm. kind of hangs out there and then he holds him. Mm-hmm. He should have just smacked the shit out of him. <laughs> and, you know, I, I felt worse <laughs> for the cat than I did for Willard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Yeah, well, he's not that sympathetic in the story. No, because of how he treats the wombat, mm. for one. But, well, yeah, and he he doesn't really treat anyone that well, even Nobody, the right? Bats. Just Socrates, I guess. And not even Socrates, because that's the other part we forgot. So he takes Ben and Socrates to the office to just have a nice hangout. Mm. Why would you do that? And leaves them in the storage room where he they get found out. Right, right. And the secretary that finds them tells Lee Irving, Lee Army, Lee mm. Army, that um that Ermy. they're <laughs> or what Lee Ermy thank you uh that the oh, rats are in the, in there yeah. and of course he goes and he kills Socrates very he bludgeons oh, it yeah. to death mm-hmm. and the entire time fucking Willard is just standing in the door yeah he doesn't do anything he could have said something you know like Jesus fucking Christ I mean he could have said that's my pet rat yeah because like that's not a crazy like that this movie both movies take sort of don't acknowledge the concept that people actually keep rats as pets <laughs> and so it's almost like he could have just been like oh no no wait that's my pet rat and then uh, it is kind of funny because you start the, the movie starts building a case for ben being upset at willard because uh you know when every, everybody clears out and uh willard's like i'll clean up i'll clean mm-hmm. it up and uh, and then he, he he says to Ben, he's like, I I couldn't do anything, or what could I do? What could I do? And then they just the cameras just on the wombat, just on Ben going. Just well, I mean, he wasn't shaking his head, but you know, like just staring, just, just judging, judging, yeah. silently judging. He does that a lot, and mm-hmm. and then after a while, you're like, Yeah, Ben, you're right. Fuck Willard. Exactly. I know he has <laughs> a point. Yeah. All right. So this happens. We talked a little bit about the attack on the boss already mm-hmm. or do we want to talk some more about he that falls down the elevator shaft yeah and, and then gets walked i don't know what that plan what, was he what a horrible plan in. like nobody's gonna show up the next day wonder why they can't use a fucking elevator it's like there used to be an elevator here yesterday and now there's not and how long does it take cement to dry like i'm pretty sure you can like pick that shit apart pretty easily the day after no i, I don't I actually don't know how long some more uh edgar Allan poe no that's true you know, getting Walling you mm-hmm. into the thing. But then he walls in by Ben. He walls in the fucking rats in there. And then when you see Ben again, you're like, you're right, Ben. Fuck this asshole. But also, if the rats did it all, so he had... Willard is not going to be necessarily... Fin- he has plausible deniability. He doesn't need to create, like, that whole wall. He doesn't have thing. to wall him up. Oh, he cause... walled him up for the rats to get rid of the rats? But he was already doing that at the house, so... I mean, it seems what? to me the whole point of having an army of rats that you can have do your bidding mm-hmm. is that you can just be like, I don't know, like, I didn't do it. The rat, <laughs> you got killed by rats. And what, did I train the these rats to kill somebody? Exactly. So, I, that's the kind of disappointing thing about it, is he doesn't... You know, he never is just like... There's never a scene where it's like, oh, the rats did it. What are you I, charging I, me with, officer? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the whole time when uh, Kirsten Glover's, like, trying to wall uh, Ben in, I'm just like, 
He could just chew a new fucking hole. Yeah, what yeah, are you doing? Sure. <laughs> I remember because uh, so we live next to a market and there are rats that cruise around the market. There's also restaurants and bars nearby. So there are rats, but you make it sound like you like just see them walking down the sidewalk, <laughs> like not, not a care in the world. Not really. Yeah, he also sees them cooking <laughs> in the kitchen. Uh, some appear in the garage. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, we got luckily we were able to get rid of them, but they can chew holes through pretty much anything if they want, if they think that they can get to it. You know, we I'm sure you guys probably have those same kind of garbage cans that have those heavy duty plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they chewed a perfectly round hole into the side of it wow. so that they could get to the garbage bags. And it's like a perfectly round hole through, you know, a half inch of plastic, of plastic. So they could definitely get through or get out. And plus there's any number of ways, you know, uh, isn't there a scene, was it in the original or in 2003 where he blocks up the rat hole? 2003. Where he takes a sock and he fills it up with coins and we think he's going to beat up rats with that sock. But he doesn't beat up any rats with that sock. <laughs> yeah. Instead, he plugs a hole in his closet and then puts metal, sh- sh- some sort of like sheet metal over it. I can't remember mm-hmm. if he does that. And then he, and then duct tape. And then they just immediately come through another way. Yeah. Or actually, no, they, uh, well, they come through another way. And then later on, he finds out that he was also, that, that Ben was also uh, able to get through that mm-hmm. hole as well. But of course, but the point being that they can, they have like any number of ways that they can move around through places. And well, that's through very places. smart. Yeah. Yeah. And they, yeah. And this, you know, oh no. And that's another thing I wanted to bring up about the, both movies. That's kind of interesting and weird is that uh, the rats are basically super intelligent because mm-hmm. rats are smart, but these are clearly much, Ben and Socrates are much more intelligent than regular Mm-hmm. But there's no in neither movie there isn't any sort of explanation or of any type, you know, of like is there something going on with these rats that you makes mean, them more were they like bitten by radioactive smart spiders. spiders? Yeah. Yeah. What is, yeah. Did they did they find like a karate pamphlet and <laughs> yeah. the streets? You know, <laughs> uh, that turn them into ninjas. Yeah, they are they. You know, is the house built over some sort of like ancient burial ground or potentially some radioactive. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we don't even have a pizza. Right, exactly. Wait, what was the explanation? And was it wasp? <laughs> no, sting, stinger or sting? Oh, it was a toxic waste, wasn't or it? Stung. From the dad's experiments or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not even that. Yeah, no, exactly. There, you know, some kind of why they're some kind of small ex- amount of reasoning, extra. a reason why. Yeah. Especially Ben, who you know, he really he holds a grudge. He holds a grudge. He, you know, I wouldn't even say he holds a grudge. He just kept track. Yeah. I mean, like this guy's an asshole to me all the time. He won't let me out of the basement. He body shames me all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. I'm a fucking rat. Why do I have to be skinny? He doesn't have to. He tried to kill him on numerous occasions. Mm-hmm. He let Socrates die. I think Willard really had it coming. And definitely. And Ben, you know, was judging him for all of his actions mm-hmm. and watching him closely and judging everything he did. And then, you know, turned against him. He wouldn't let me eat his dead mother. <laughs> Ugh. 
<laughs> I wonder in the book, now I want to know, I don't want to read the book, but now I kind of want to know what the deal is with the book version. Because I feel like the book probably went way more in depth. It must have been kind of good, I mean, for somebody to make a movie out of it. And the original Willard was apparently a huge success. Yeah. In fact, Ben came out like a year later. Mm -hmm. So it must have been in production even before the first was released. Mm -hmm. And um, Ben wasn't bad, although I haven't finished it because, again, I, I was just ratted out. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I really liked the the premise was good and the intro was really interesting. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Have you seen Ben recently or at all? So in the in the uh, and maybe I can save it for after we're done talking about Willard. I'll save it for the end. Okay. The Ben. I was oh. gonna go on a Ben rant, oh, but I can okay. I can postpone the Ben rant. Yes. Okay. So mom's dead. Boss is dead. Going back to the house. Well, at this point, finally, Ben is like, fuck you. I'm coming back to the house. Mm -hmm. Wait till I get home. <laughs> and when he gets home, he starts killing off all the rats because he no longer wants to be the rat king. Mm -hmm. Which also happens in the original. Yeah. And it made even less sense in the original because that, I don't know, maybe that guy was just like, I'm... Yeah, it didn't make sense. It was really sad in the original, too. He puts a bunch of them in cages. Mm -hmm. And then he drowns them. Yeah, yeah. And so he puts him in that little pond that you that you saw at the beginning of the movie, and he just waits until there's no bubbles coming up. And then he he had already he had pre-dug some holes, and he just drops this the whole cage in there, and then buries them. But there were a lot more rats than he thought than he thought there were. So because yeah. the house is like filled with them. Which we do. That is pretty good in the, uh, in the 2003, yeah. where near the end you see all the rats, and there's tons. That of was them. neat. And I also appreciate that there was shit everywhere, especially when they killed the boss. Yeah, yeah, they made a point <laughs> of having rat poops on everything, which I'm, was good. I'm pretty sure I read some this somewhere legitimate, but that like rats don't have bladders apparently, so they they're just, always peeing everywhere. Yeah, they just pee and poop freely, where they want. They yeah. yeah, like they don't have a. Well, I don't know about the pooping part, but at least the peeing part, they don't even control it. They just let it let it rest. They let it go. Yeah, definitely. Um. Yeah, no, I, again, like to bring up, you know, as you said, T, and we've kind of talked about, there's a, I think there's a, still a better horror version of this to story be made. to be made where, you know, the rats are eating people Who and it's gorier, it, and where you see more of like what we see at the end of this movie where there's rats everywhere. Like it, once his mom died ideally in this movie mm -hmm. once his mom died it should have been like whenever we're at the house there should have been rats everywhere yeah. and it should have been disgusting it they could have done a lot more with mm -hmm. um you know grossing people out by showing contaminated food mm -hmm. or or just you know like... totally eating while the rats are like walking over his food and stuff like that just living in horrible conditions. Yeah, just like the grotesque part of like living with a thousand rats. I and mean, also having was... them kill people. Yeah. Know? More having them eat people. Because it's like, you know, the it, you want that scene where they swarm over mm -hmm. someone and then like swarm away. You know, like the cartoons. But please don't make it. Yeah, nibbling away, then yeah. you just see a skeleton as soon but, as they swarm off. But please don't make yeah. it like a blameless animal. And to the to the soundtrack, ben, or to the song Ben, that was like 
so again like it was so fucking sad yeah. it was over the top man look it's, it's playing in my brain right now yeah it is funny because if you when you listen to that song it's basically it's like michael jackson a love song about a rat it's about a rat yeah which it's, is weird yeah all right so then at this point um why do the cops come to the house i don't know so okay, so the, the girl comes to oh the girl comes to the Does house. She call? She I can't I don't think so. She comes to the house and he won't come out. Oh no no no. Oh no 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 that's right, that's right, that's right. So she comes to the house and he um sees her at the door and says, Oh, I can't remember if he's gonna go with her or do something, but uh, he goes upstairs because he hears something or other, and she she needs to use a restroom, so she comes into the house. And one thing that everybody makes fun of, and we immediately made fun of, was that she goes into a bathroom where the toilet seat has been duct duct taped. Oh yeah, yeah. Who the fuck opens a toilet? She cuts it open or rips it open so she can use the toilet. Everybody knows that you should never open a toilet (laughs) that has been taped shut. Yeah, you would never do that. Because I mean, like, not even a guy would do. A woman would definitely not. No. that you'd be like i wouldn't even be in the room anymore like if i walked into a bathroom and it's in an old house and the toilet is taped up i would immediately leave and close the door behind me because you don't know if that thing is going to like spill a (laughs) bunch of sewage you don't know if there is a bunch of like old poops in there you don't know what the fuck is in there or there might there might be an alligator baby alligator (laughs) like a boa boa constrictor that climbed up the tubes (laughs) <laughs> Which in this movie, I think it's in this movie and maybe the original where they do show the rats climb up out of the water, out of the two the toilet. Oh, yeah, they do. And they're she all leaves wet. it open. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which they can do well, they in real can. life for sure. You see those stories where, like, a rat, like in New York, like a big rat will walk, climb out of somebody's toilet. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. No, I've right. seen. You see some big waddling rats out mm-hmm. in the wild sometimes. so i'm trying to remember now like so she ends up leaving well she doesn't see the rats and she... i'm pretty sure the cop showed up because when when uh the sex bomb catherine appears she's basically telling willard like that the boss's body was found and you know there's been a lot of talk about uh you know he's either murdered <laughs> or you know some animals got to him which i mean and then the, the cops came to, like, question oh, him. Oh, okay. And then it. he uh, either rushes her out the door. She ends up outside the house, right? Mm-hmm. And he locks her out. And then he starts mm-hmm. having the showdown with the rats, starting with the kitchen, where he tries to convince Ben that they're still friends. Mm-hmm. He doesn't hate him. And he had, like, he had booby-trapped the whole house. Like, he had put traps everywhere and poison mm-hmm. everywhere. And he offers Ben some food. And, um... This is actually one of my favorite it's parts. It's he brings out a box of like what looks like oatmeal or something, and then he brings out a, a yellow box of pesticide mm-hmm. or rat poison or whatever. I think it said pesticide on the box. And uh, Ben gets really close to it, like he learned how to read in his oh, off yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> he reads the <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then he starts squealing, <laughs> talking to the rest of the rats, that, lets like lets them know that there's danger, that they're. Mm-hmm that something is wrong, that they're being attacked. And they do this back and forth a couple times where it's like Ben squealing and then like 
down to the basement to like a camera and a bunch of rats going, what? What did he say? Oh no, we're in danger. <laughs> so that was hilarious. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, Willard tries to, isn't there like a, was it the original where there was a big rat trap in one of the bags of food? I think that was in the original. And then yeah. the, in the new one, it was pesticides. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I'm mixing them up. Me too. And yeah, the ending is weird because it's just kind of, it's just kind of him, Chris Lover, running around the house with the rats kind of swarming bigger and bigger. Well, in the, in the remake, I know Ben does get caught in a rat <gasps> trap, but I think it was in a bag of chips. Yes. The pesticide one? Was that the old one? That might have been the original. No, because he, I don't know. There is the yellow label in the new one for sure. Interesting. Well, he ends up like uh, uh, Willard ends up. uh, There's a big rat trap in one of the bags of food, and he puts the whole bag on top of him. And you're right, because you're right that uh, he he gnaws through his own paw Mm. to get away from which is still moving in the trap. That was cool. I like that (laughs) when when he runs Mm -hmm. or when he sees the trap with the hand in it. (laughs) Is he a zombie now? Why is the hand for the same reason? He's super smart. And at some point, Willard ends up running up the... St- oh, I guess he's being cornered by the rats, right? So the rats are descending on him. So he ends up going upstairs to that to that study where his dad's stuff is at, which incidentally, a very cool room. Mm-hmm. And um, they are still continuing to swarm. He ends up going up the spiral, narrow staircase to the window. And when he gets almost to the top, he sees Ben at the very top of the stairs. Mm-hmm. And then he, of course, tries tries to give him that bullshit line of like, yeah. why can't you take a joke? <laughs> so um, Ben bites his nose down real hard and exactly. then he falls backwards into the swarm of rats. And then they eat it. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot. There's a really cool part where the there's actually witnesses to the swarming. So at one point, the cops and Elena are where he's in the kitchen. They're seeing all the rats. And then she puts two and two together that uh, that he killed the boss. Mm-hmm. And then at one point he tries to get out of one of the mm-hmm. downstairs windows, but it's barred. Which incidentally, don't you know your fucking house? Mm-hmm. And then she gets it, the you know the <laughs> the dime drops or whatever the expression is that it dawns on her that he's responsible for the boss's death. Yeah. Which I why know, is it which... that wrong? <laughs> uh, yeah. And then of course back up, moving forward to the the attic scene or whatever that is where he falls into the rats but he doesn't die right because at the very end you see like the shadow puppetry of like him coming up the stairs and stabbing ben and then of course it ends with him in a mental institution is that what oh right right Mm -hmm. that's right i totally forgot what happened with him uh yeah which by the way like in the fact the place where he works yes. looks just like an institution. It's like that green. <laughs> it looks like a mental institution inside. Maybe that was their business. <laughs> and then inside, and then when he's in the mental institution at the end, it looks the same as the company where he worked. That being said, Willard was a really bad employee. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, no, he earned, he, that was the thing. He, he earned the ire. Yeah, he wasn't, <laughs> he, in both movies... He was actually doing badly at work. Yes. It wasn't like his boss was um, was being like unreasonable. His boss was an asshole, yeah. but he wasn't being unreasonable because Willard really was. He had a kernel of a point. 
He had a little bit of a point. Although, in the new one, do you remember the, the poster that he had behind him, the boss? It said, prudent aggression. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> I, I like how initially he's like, who said it? You're dead. <laughs> and he's like, I, I, so I don't it's know so her. interesting that they, they ended the movie this way because a complete change from the original, which of course they can do whatever they want. But in the original, uh, he dies, he gets swarmed by the rats and he gets killed and Ben survives. And then the sequel picks up immediately there. In fact, mm -hmm. the beginning of Ben, the first like, honestly, like a good solid five minutes, they're just replaying the ending yeah, of Willow. recap the whole first movie. They just replay it. They don't, there's not somebody talking about it. They yeah. literally pick up where the pesticide box is. It's like, uh, it's like the Evil Dead mm. movies when they like literally like reenact yeah. the first movie. And so, and, and then it goes into the cops, the, the, the first real new scene uh, in Ben is the cops talking, standing over the body of Willard and talking about how he died and having found the journals because he was he had been journaling everything he'd been doing. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. And then the whole point of Ben is that uh actual Ben ends up uh finding this little eight year old boy that he befriends mm -hmm. and the, the little boy really loves him and yeah. that part's really cool. But the cool or no I'm sorry, and that part's good, but the really cool part is that it's the fallout of having a horde of rats in your neighborhood. Basically. I mean I didn't finish the movie, I still gotta finish it. But I thought that was really cool mm. that the, the first part of the movie, at, the, at least, was all about this horde of rats descending on a grocery store and just decimating it or, like, attacking children on the street. Like, it was... I thought that was really neat. Yeah. So I should probably go finish that movie. Anyway, back to the uh, 2003. Ben, and uh, what's his name? The kid from Ben mm -hmm. sort of taking over the horde of rats mm -hmm. and, and sort of becoming their new leader. Yeah. Which, so I didn't, you know, Willard isn't a sympathetic character mm -mm. at all, really. Which is a problem because you're supposed to sort of feel bad for him because he's yeah. in this situation where, like, he has this company that he's lost and everything. And you made up that term, or you had that old term that you brought back. What? Henpick. Oh, Henpick. But you're I feel like you're supposed to feel sympathetic towards him, mm -hmm. but they make him in the 2003 version so weird and, rant, you know, crazy that he isn't really sympathetic. But then even, because, even aside from that, I really wanted the movie to end with basically him successfully killing the boss regaining mm -hmm. control of the company and then being like i am the rat king <laughs> and just being like if the movie ending with him just being like yes like sitting in his house with rats swarming everywhere around him and ben like sitting on his shoulder looking oh, cool yeah looking cool uh, and or he's just stepping outside and he has like a like a rat jacket yeah, exactly. and swarming him. Like in the elevator scene when they <laughs> all dump out and he's in the middle. That was pretty cool. But like mm -hmm. it felt more logical. Like I wanted it to end that way so that then it's like sort of like the point of the movie and then a sequel could be that, you know. It, I guess this is sort of the this other mythical version of the movie that I want someone to make mm -hmm. where it's more literally like I am this bad person who has tra trained an army of rats to do terrible things to other people. And I use my army of rats 
to do these things. Like, I want that movie, you know? That'd be cool. This movie comes close to that, but it doesn't really... I feel like this movie doesn't quite know what it wants to be in terms of... Gotta read those diaries. Yeah, see, we we need to go, like, full circle with the story, though. Like, the business that Willard needs to be running isn't his own business. He needs to start a new one. He needs to be a tire company. And then he just sends all the rats out in this neighborhood, right? And then he has them destroy all the cars. And then, go into the you know, entertainment business and have an act where the rats do incredible things. <laughs> or, or, you could start a rat training company. He'll come and help you train your rats. You also have the rats working for him at his company. Yeah, like, you know, doing light genitorial work. You have Ben kind of managing them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those reports are late again, Ben. You can't be the bottleneck of this company. <laughs> ben gets fired. Sorry. <laughs> it's like... Full circle, like Willard becomes the boss, and then he's giving shit to Ben. That's yeah. the fire for getting behind on his mm-hmm. reports. And yeah. Ben has to train smaller mice. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, definitely a, a more horror version of this for sure. Because yeah, the tone. I don't know if this movie was PG thirteen. Probably I think so. Was it? I have a feeling. I think I'm pretty I mean, it sure it was been PG in a way because it's pretty just mild. some strong language and that's it. A small amount of blood, like with his mm-hmm. mom. There's no blood yeah. associated with the rats or what they do. Mm. You know, there was no kind of gore in this movie, really. Yeah, I'm sure been PG thirteen. It was supposed. I, who was the audience then? That's so interesting. I mean, like, I yeah, guess really. like angsty teenagers can go to this. Like, what the hell? But that, right, I mean, yeah, kind of the goth crowd thing, maybe. Mm. Well, and the the Tim Burton kind of aspect yeah. that may have been, but it feels like an afterthought. A, a lot of like the way it feels, this movie feels like one of those movies that was meddled with, you know, where I think all the movies are meddled with. But no, but it really feels like this is one of those movies where they ha- where there was a plan at first, mm-hmm. and then some executives or whoever came in and said, "No, no, 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 you need to do this other thing." And then they Not had to shoehorn some stuff in. Like, I want thirteen-year-old girls watching this. Yeah, it's like it's like one of those kind of things where it's like, what were they trying to? I'm not totally sure what they were trying to ultimately do with this movie. Yeah, and clearly it didn't work. I mean, shit, I lost a lot of money. So I was, like, reading, like, the footnotes for, like, the book. Like, for, you know, story plot. And uh, an interesting thing with the book is uh, he uses the rats for stealing money. In order to like pay yeah, off the yeah. uh, the debt. No, that's a, exactly oh. that would be. What, they should have shown that kind of stuff. Yeah. They should have been using the rest to do a bunch of crimes and do stuff. We yeah. didn't talk enough about the wake. The wake was kind of hilarious. But that guy comes into Tom that he's lost his house, and Crispin Glover oh. has this big scene where he's just super animated and and like shaking with emotion and pointing and yelling and squealing, high pitched mm-hmm. squeals and. And then the guy's like, this isn't the time or the place. You can buy a wake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he came to the wake, too, which they would have never done. It. No, he's yeah. like, let's go to his mother's, like, his mother's wake to tell mm-hmm. he lost his house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yep, just kicking the guy while he's doing Yeah, and he, he does that whole, like, you're being very unreasonable. <laughs> Even your mother would <laughs> if she were alive. Sure. Uh, but yeah, no, exactly. It's like they would have never done that in real life, but whatever, you know, that's fine. <laughs> I just, I, I remember wanting to call that out because it was so ridiculous. Like, yeah. I, I believe, sir, you're in the wrong. Not, <laughs> exactly. not Willard. <laughs> you couldn't wait till tomorrow? But it also, I mean, I guess... Or until six after, you know, they don't have the room anymore. <laughs> I guess it's intentional that it feels, you know, it's like he's not doing anything. you know, Because it's like all this stuff is happening and it's just like, who's doing... Is anyone doing anything? The mother's not doing anything because she's kind of lost her mind at this point. And he's not doing anything. And so, you know, the company's being taken away. But, you know... It, like we could have in this remake of the in the new remake of this movie, he should have <laughs> gained more confidence as he became like the Rat King. Yes, he should have felt more like now I'm gonna start taking control. You know, now it's Willard's time. Yeah, because for sure they set up the whole thing where it's just kind of like, oh, all this stuff is happening and it, we're, our lives are falling apart. You know. As he, you go, you want that scene where he kind of becomes more powerful as yes. he gets his rat army. Yes. But yeah, you don't quite get that, which is fine. I mean, I don't know. Ultimately, the movie is kind of blah, you know? It's a maybe bit. like a six out of 10 if I had to give it a. I believe that's the actual rating at Rotten exactly. Tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's, cause it's, it's definitely watchable. It picks up. As it yeah. goes, it starts out weak, I think, but gets more interesting. And he does, and Chris Glover does pretty well in this movie. I mean, Chris like it's, it's the role for him. It's a really good fit for him in terms of a role, and mm. um, he, you know, he really gives it a hundred and ten percent. That's got to be why they. I feel like a lot of this is centered around him. Mm-hmm. Where, like, would they even made this remake if he wasn't the star? Who would even yeah. be the main actor of this movie if it wasn't him? You know, it feels almost like a Crispin Glover vehicle in a way. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, I think... What's that? Ben. Yeah. Ben yeah, would be the lead actor. True. <laughs> he was, I mean, he was the breakout star of the movie, really. Like, so, and he had his, the other thing yeah. about Ben that was awesome was his ears stick out sideways. <laughs> yeah. Instead of the regular rats, how their ears go up, his went out sideways. Which, which made him look a little... So who would be the new Willard if you, if you could remake this movie? Oh, who would be the new Willard? Oh. You know, like they're... Oh, God. The guy who plays the Flash? Ezra <gasps> Miller? <laughs> that would be a little too, like... If you can get them to behave enough to make a movie. <laughs> or uh, or how about uh what's his name? Uh who played um you know um the guy who for, who played the Joker in the Suicide Squad. Oh was that uh, Morbius? Yeah that's uh Jared Jared Leto. Leto. <laughs> too Jared Leto would do the whole he would be a good well actor. Yeah. Oh my god, he lived with rats. Yeah, he would set. He but would, rats are nice. Now we, we've established I like the wombat, and I, I would be friends with Ben. 
I know. I I knew people who had rats as pets. Joey had a rat as a pet. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, rats are pretty chill. They're like dogs, is what they remind me of. Their mm-hmm. personalities. They're kind of oh, like dogs. Nice. Um, well, so, yeah. Joey can have a rat. That was, I think, maybe for me, like the thing with this movie. Hordes of rats is kind of scary and mm-hmm. gross, but individual rats are not really scary or creepy. You know, it's just like, eh, it's just the rat, you know. It's the being eaten alive by tiny little teeth. Yeah, it's being eaten alive by a whole yeah. bunch of rats. That's the scarier concept. You'd have to put, like, a newer actor, and you can't put, like, Jared Leto in there. Like, <laughs> he could play the dad, you know, like, in the portrait form. You yeah. You could probably yeah. play uh, the boss's role. It'd have to be, like, like Timothy Chalamet or <laughs> Harry Styles, now that he's okay. doing movies. Timothy Chalamet. Look at me keeping up with the names. <laughs> I only know like one or two like movie star names. He's a good dude. It's Evan Pierce. Who, which one's? Oh yeah, yeah. But he's uh, getting old he's too. Getting old too he yeah. would have been perfect like ten or fifteen years ago. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Peter Evans, Seven Peters. Is that what? I can't remember which way it goes. From American Horror Story. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Evan. And he, Evan Peters, he's mm-hmm. the Flash. Or no, he's uh He was the Flash at one point. No, 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 Flash, he was but, uh, the other guy. The other, the other fast Flash. guy. The Marvel Flash. Yeah. And of course he was Dahmer recently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he'd be a good Willard for sure. He, I, he'd be the main, he'd be the one. If they were going to do it today. It would work, because I mean, Chris Glover was 38 when he made the movie. Yeah, so, so he could do it. He could do it. Yeah. yeah. Can you make that happen, T? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me just start the screenplay. Exactly. Yeah. No. I mean, it's <laughs> you could do it now, especially with CG, with CGI being better now. You could do the swarms much better, where he's commanding whole swarms of rats. I would like to see more animatronic rats, mm-hmm. and I want to go see those attack rats. The Which animatronic animatronic attack rats. That sounds amazing. Yeah, we need we need we need a subway scene, and then we need yeah. like a tidal wave of rats, followed by all yeah, the skeletons remains. <laughs> like uh, I, one of my favorite, I, I'm a big fan. Speaking of uh, earlier, we were talking about Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, his dra- I, I love his Dracula movie. It's sort of a you know with Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. You mean the Gary Oldman movie? Yeah, Gary <laughs> you, miss, Oldman. you miss the biggest star in the. Movie. <laughs> but I love that shot in Dracula where Gary Oldman uh, opens his arms up and then he just turns into rats and all the rats fall and run away. That's such a great uh, shot. But yeah, no, I don't know why that, why I brought that up. But Earlier just because of Nicolas Cage and he's an evil <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. But um, in terms of good rat scenes, you know, that's a good one with in Dracula. But. Yeah, Willard, you know, it ended Crispin Glover good, okay movie. Lost a lot of money. In fairness, I mean, the original is not that much better. Yeah, I think it was was a really good attempt. Um, It was a little slow at the beginning. But then more than anything else, I think we were looking up some other movies that came out the same year. And I don't know exactly what oh, month yeah. it came out, but... Oh, yeah, no, it got destroyed because a it lot was of like Return, Return of the King came out the same year. And I think, like, Pirates of the Caribbean. And, yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. It had no hope, basically. Yeah. It was massively overshadowed. I remember, yeah, it was like, we looked it up and 
Return of the King. And I'm trying, I'm hoping this is right. Cause I just like, I Googled it real quick and I was, and at one point <coughs> I wasn't sure if I was getting the right information, but that was. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm looking oh, up week. what was out that week. Cause it finished, it finished. What finished first and third. In the box office. <clears throat> okay. Here's, here's, I'll, I'll just go one through seven. Uh, bringing down the house man. was oh, yeah. number one. That. Followed by The Hunted. Oh, Agent man. Cody Banks. Is that what? Is, yes, is that the is. Frankie yes. Muniz flick? <laughs> uh, Tears of the is. Sun. The most... Oh, old school. Old school. Old school. Is, what's his name? Uh, 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 Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Yeah. yeah. That was a big hit. Yeah. Uh, Chicago, yeah. which is another good movie. And uh, how to lose a guy in so ten what days? Was the, after what was a week after? Because that's not a lot of competition. Although old school is pretty good. well. Old school was a big hit. Yeah, it was. I remember that. And that how to lose a guy in ten days? I remember that was pretty popular. Is that too. Um, Drew Barry? No, that's Kate Hudson and oh, Matthew please. McConaughey. Right. They're both trying to get each other to dump each other. Mm -hmm. uh, the week after was Dreamcatcher. Oh, was so maybe not a lot Dream of competition. is the one where um, the guy poops. It's got like a big poop theme. Uh, to the movie. I thought it was the one about. It's like a poop monster in Dreamcatcher. I swear. Are you checking? That's not the word. <laughs> I'm not it's checking. So it's weird. been oh so long since I've seen Dreamcatcher. Oh, I'm thinking Wig Talkers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's the yeah, idea. No, that's the point. Dreamcatcher is the whole Stephen King horror movie. Oh, okay. And there's like a poop huh? monster in it. So then it didn't have, I mean, it had some, yeah, well, clearly competition, but I mean, I am surprised that bringing down the house made it to like number one. Yeah. But then again, I guess we're talking a comedy and, and, and. But, but that's what came out that week, 2003, as we were mentioning. We were mentioning the, the other ones, yeah. Return of the King came out in two, so it was, Return of mm -hmm. the King may have still been in the theaters at that point. And what, people were still what week it. did it come out, T? Hold on, like in the hold on. Uh, Thank you I'm for doing the Lord research. Of the Rings. No, Lord of the Rings was oh, in so December. The oh, they weren't okay, even so close. Not, quite. not the competition, probably not for Christmas. What about the? What about Pirates? Yeah, Willard came out March fourteenth. Wasn't I think Pirates of the Caribbean also came out that year? They're trying to find reasons why it lost so much money. I mean, it wasn't that great. And March is uh, supposed to be a pretty good month see. for movies. It was Pirates. Pirates was. And then this in movie July. came out in when? March. March. Mid March. Which isn't a big. That's not a big time for movies because obviously summer, Christmas, and summer are big movie release times. So March would have been spring, a bit yeah. of an off time. I guess it's still winter because spring is like the end of March, though. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's see. I'm trying to find what was the highest grossing movie that came out around that time. Making eight million. Okay, okay. Well, Braided Down the House wow. was like the highest grossing scene in March. And I guess it, she was Queen Latifah. Made 132.7 million. I really love Queen Latifah. The Holidays, kind of one of my favorite movies. She was kind of blowing up at that point. <laughs> Is she? That's someone where she hooks up with L Cool J and she thinks she's going to die. So she spends all of her money doing amazing, expensive things. She thinks it's the end, and then it turns out that she's not dying. Mm -hmm. But she had a really good time, and she quit her shitty job. And... Nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, highest highest grossing movie of the year. Oh, Finding yeah. No, Nemo. I, yeah, yeah. I remember you checked. <laughs> when did that one come out? <laughs> Find that was a huge hit. May thirtieth. So it doesn't have a lot of reasons to have failed because it came out before a lot of the really really big ones. It just failed on its own. It merits. just failed on its own merits. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Chris Finn. When did uh when did um Charlie's Angels come out? Was that two thousand two two thousand one? It was right before. Yeah, I think so too. Well, Full Throttle had come out in uh, 2003, okay. which was a was sequel. The I'm sequel not sure about he was in both. The first one. Yeah. He's in the sequel. Oh, okay. They kind of turned him into a. Uh, looks like the I'm first one was 2000. Charlie's Angels. It's a great movie. And I love the, the casting. I mean, yeah. like Lucy Liu and Cameron mm-hmm. Diaz. Mm-hmm. But he, they kind of turned him into a good guy. Drew Barrymore. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Because he was kind of a liked, everyone liked him from mm-hmm. the first one, so they brought him back, and then he kind of redeems himself in the second yeah. one. Because he has like a thing with uh, Cameron Diaz, remember? Because mm-hmm. he steals a lot of her hair. And steals her hair. Oh, that's right. A lot of people have a thing for Cameron Diaz. What's that? <laughs> But yeah, a lot of people have a thing for that movie. Remember? I just rewatched uh, There's Something About Mary. Oh, yeah, yeah. By the way. <laughs> Did not age well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's still really funny, though. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a while. That's from that era, too. That's early 2000s as well. Um, I think, right? It might, might be a little earlier. It might be like 97 or 98, but I don't know. We can't make T do all the homework. No, I know. I was gonna bring my. I was gonna have my phone. Where's your this phone? Time. Yeah, my phone's doing the recording. I know. <laughs> but uh, guess I can open up my work laptop. Well, I know it was late nineties. But yeah, no, this movie was definitely kind of. You know, there was a little bit of a dark time going on for horror movies in the early two thousands mm. and late nineties. There were obviously good movies that came out during that era, but this was kind of like that era of, like, I know what you did last summer, Um, you know, and, like... So, to market it to teenagers, making it PG-13, then not put any teenagers in it. Right. And then, you know, kind of hold back on the potential gore, you know, that they could have put in there. Like, yeah, I I feel it's probably has something to do with the rating and some of the other, Mm -hmm. like, decisions. And like you were saying, maybe people just weren't buying what they were selling for sure. Yeah. But Chris McClover did a really good job. This movie definitely could have amped up everything, you know? It could have, if they just kind of made it really crazy Mm -hmm. and over the top, it probably would have been a lot better. It was a little too tame for what it was, maybe. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah. But... Well, we've been talking about it longer than the actual movie at this point, I think. Yeah, as usual. As usual. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, no, he's great. Hopefully, Chris McGover will do some stuff again. Some yeah. Point. That'd be cool if he showed back up again on the scene. That would be really cool, yeah. Especially, I haven't seen him lately. Now I kind of want to Google what he looks like right now. I'm wondering. But then again, maybe he doesn't have a big Where's public, your phone, John? Uh, Persona <laughs> right now that he's not. You know, you don't hear about him actually. He's probably chilling. He's always working though. I feel like maybe he's just doing smaller shit. Chilling in his mansion. Yeah. I don't know if he has a mansion. <laughs> yeah, he probably does in LA somewhere in the hills. Maybe just a really nice condo. Are you looking about your 
I'm looking up. Chris brings a lover, 2023. Oh, look, he's, a, he's still <laughs> not right. the same, basically. Let's see. Are you, uh... Yeah, here we go. There you go. Yeah, he still looks very He looks older, but he looks the same, basically. He has the same hair. Gilbert Grape. We have always lived in the castle. In the castle. I can't Ooh. remember who he was in that. Is that a more recent movie? It is. Uh, this is. It's 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not bad. It's really slow. It's right. got um, that really gorgeous woman, Adagio. Yeah. Yeah, Double D to Dario. Is in that movie? <laughs> is he just like a. Yeah, yeah it's the primary it's reason to watch the movie, really. That's the only reason. I will right? watch it. I, mean, I will watch any movie that she's in. just watch that one episode of True Detective <laughs> over and over again. Oh. <laughs> she gets nude. <laughs> she was the only thing that was redeemable about oh, the Texas Chainsaw 3D. <laughs> 3D. Hilarious. <laughs> All right, Matt. What are we doing next week, Grizzly? Grizzly released in 1976, uh, which was the biggest independent movie, uh, box office wise, that came out that year. Uh, one that uh, had a very limited run, at least in regards to like home media. Eventually, uh, went out of print, wasn't available for a while. But I know I want to say it was Severin who eventually had re-released it here not that long ago. Was you know available to stream finally after all these years. Uh, but, you know, this is our second bear movie of the month. And I really wanted to add this one primarily because, like, in regards to, like, the Jaws spinoffs, you know, Grizzly and Alligator usually uh, outside of, like, Piranha, like, the first movies that come to mind in regards to, like, effectively pulling uh, that subgenre off. And, you know, it's, it's a nice comparison uh, piece because it's a more straight-up, you know, bear attack movie as opposed to some of the silliness that we got out of cocaine bear but uh i i know when it came out you know it had some very middle-end reviews um but you know this one's so worth checking out this is one i'm constantly recommending uh to people as well yeah, i don't think i've seen it so definitely yeah i haven't seen it either i'm excited definitely and i'm excited for the birds i mean uh, of course we've all watched it but i haven't seen it in a while, yeah, it's been a while. so it'll be it'll be nice because it's you know san francisco and the mm -hmm. bodega bodega bay yeah, that is definitely yeah and that yeah. it uh did either of you guys oh, not yet. Did it come out? Six? i didn't realize it had been released no yeah, no it came did out, you uh, this past did you love it is it good it was pretty good. Um, I, I, I will say the third oh, act wow. is a little bit of a hot mess. <laughs> like in terms of kind of the reveals of what's so, going on and who's doing what kind of thing. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I don't want to go into too many right, details. Right. I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, but it's for a lot of fans it's been kind of polarizing like where they haven't ranked in regards to, like mm -hmm. you know the franchise but there's yeah. a lot of great callbacks to the franchise and a lot of easter eggs 
sprinkled throughout. And there's quite a few callbacks specifically to Scream 2 in particular uh, that played in the movie, which is fantastic. Um, but, you know, there's some there's some things towards the end of the movie that feel just kind of like, I don't want to say like shoehorned, but like <laughs> it, it just felt kind of forced just to like subvert some tropes um, that just didn't really make that much sense. And I will just leave it at that. But all in all, oh, I really, I had a lot of fun with it. I'll have to check it out. Oh, I've okay. already seen yeah. it twice. So it's uh, theaters, theaters only right now. Yes, it uh, it grows forty four point five million, which that's is like the highest gross and screen yeah, yeah. that we've had for opening. I wonder how much. It, do you know how much it costs to make this one? Did they are? Already... I mean, oh, I'm sure it's relatively high budget. Oh, okay. So they are uh, thirty thirty five. I did. These are the last movies that Kristen Glover has put out. So uh, he did a bunch in twenty eighteen. Uh, in 2019, he did a movie called Lucky Day that got a, t- a tomato meter, tomato meter, <laughs> tomato meter of nine percent. And then in 2020, <laughs> he put out uh, something called Smiley Face Killers, where he oh played God. a hooded figure. Can't be over. Yeah, and that got 44 percent. Wow. Uh, speaking of smiles, uh, Smile oh, Two yeah. is uh, moving that forward. This way. I remember seeing something on Bloody I mean, Disgusting. I liked it, but I didn't think it was like that amazing. I actually uh, didn't watch it yet. So, I haven't seen it. So, give a look. Give yeah. a It's uh, it's on Amazon or Prime Video, I should say. But yeah, it's definitely one. I, I think John would actually like it. Because there, there is some lore involved <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> there is lore, yes. Yeah, with I the mean, curse. Yeah. I obviously I always talk about that, but I do feel a little bit like maybe in modern horror movies, lore is kind of overlooked a little bit mm-hmm. with certain movies where they feel like maybe they don't need to do it. Yeah. So it's good that they are putting it in there with smile for sure. Agreed. Is it a demon? We can spoil a movie for you. Of course. All right, so yeah, next week, Grizzly should be a fun time. Uh, and then we got the birds coming up to wrap <laughs> up our zoophobia really discussion. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, yeah, we don't have a fear for next month yet, do we? Oh. Absolutely. So. Yeah. No, yeah. we'll uh, we'll we'll figure something out. I know we we had a couple of couple of things jotted down. I, I think the next oh, one we were talking oh, about was fear yeah. of cars. Yeah. What was the other Bags one that we were talking guys, about? For sure. <laughs> that. I saw that in the theater, by the way. Or do we want to make up a fear so that we can watch the new Evil Dead? When does that? That's still not out. Isn't April, that four twenty? Right? I think. Or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, we'll figure. We'll figure something out. But, but you know, there's there's a lot of elements with like fear of cars that would work because there's there's not too many like straight car specific horror movies. There are things that like have them like come come into play that that are kind of yeah, so, yeah. the hitcher. Yeah. For example, obviously, oh, there's a lot of truck scenes in particular. 
Um, Titan revolves around a fucking car accident. And also, you know, fucking cars. Uh, you know, for that matter. <laughs> first movie. Uh, Duel. That's a kind of a fear of cars movie a bit. You know, scary. Death uh, Race 2000? Death Race, yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, for sure the people who are getting run over Death proof. You know, <laughs> are scared of the cars. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. Oh, I don't know. There's that one. I can't remember what it's called, but it's got the lady from uh, Insidious. The the lady who who's like the, the 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 one with the powers. Where it's her and then the dad from Twin Peaks, and they're in a car, and it turns out they're dead. Oh, I don't know that. I'm not sure what that is. Hmm. 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 But there are definitely, like, The Hitcher, there are definitely some movies where it's, like, there's, you know, kind of like a, kind of like The Hitcher, where uh, some, there's kind of like a character that's torturing, or, like, Duel, where someone in a car is sort of tormenting mm-hmm. someone alive. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know if you guys ever saw Unhinged, oh, no, no, which had that. Russell Crowe in it. That was a very similar one it was more of a thriller but there were a lot of like slasher elements in regards yeah. to like the story structure or uh, uh that made it really stand out french movie that's what he was titan no no the other french movie with the with the uh the truck driver that kills a whole family oh is that high tension yes it is yeah yeah high tension aka switchblade romance <laughs> What a weird alternative yeah. title, which makes no sense at all. Yeah, yeah no, that could be a good one. All right, so I we're mean, doing cars. We're doing fear. yeah, we're doing cars. Okay, let's do it. Maximum Overdrive push show. <laughs> we have to do Maximum Overdrive because Stephen King said that it's a movie entirely made on cocaine. So <laughs> for we have been... and it would make it would make sense because yeah. you know, we just did a movie that. that... Uh, contained a lot of cocaine so. the emergence of cocaine the popularity of cocaine <laughs> with cocaine there uh, i heard there's already like other spin-offs happening oh, like sure. didn't you say cocaine shark cocaine shark <laughs> yeah and i don't know if this is like oh, and i don't know if this is real mark Polona. it's, it's a cocaine bear and this is australian this is a koala bear i don't think that one's real i think it's just a just a joke. That's, that doesn't sound real. <laughs> All right, well, John's gone off to the bathroom, but maybe we should say goodbye. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so Grizzly next week, the birds after. Uh, but for now, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Hand the Whisker. I've been your host, T, joined by Holly and John, and we'll see you guys back next week okay. when we talk about Maybe. some Grizzly Bear attacks. You guys take care. <laughs>